Bible with me, if you would, to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Now, you may not think you have lack in your life because of some relative position you're in. You're saying, well, you know, I got $10,000 in the bank. Uh, there's men that would jump off the bridge if they got down to $10,000. They would say the end is near because they only had $10,000. You may think you don't have lack in your life, but lack is not a financial position. I said it's a mindset. It's what is going on in your head. And uh, you have to always gauge your life against the will of God. The will of God, not just where you are in relative to where you've been and where you were going. Now, I was raised in a family that was very conservative and very uh, spendthrift. Uh, my father was raised, uh, my, grand, my grandmother was very um, conservative, to say that. And she made things stretch. She made things go. And when we lived in Arizona, I remembered a lot of times we went on Sunday afternoon, we went to the dump ground. And it was a great thing. I mean, I didn't even know that, that I was being abused or whatever, you know. We'd go to the dump ground and we'd just poke through it and, you know, uh, just see what was out there. And people would throw away marvelous treasures. At least that's what we thought, you know. And you'd, you'd haul them home and, you know. And, uh, but one day when we were out there, some, some kids in my class drove by and recognized me. And you know, everything changed after that. All of a sudden, I realized where I was and what we were doing and that lack was being imprinted on my life. That we were in a dump ground on Sunday afternoon. Now, now we were not poor people. My father was in the military and uh, he worked other jobs and I worked other jobs. And, you know, we were all working. But lack had been imprinted on my life. And perhaps you were raised not with a silver spoon in your mouth. Maybe you were raised with something where we're just scratching by and getting by. And you think it's a financial place. You think it's a thing where we're just making ends meet. But I'm telling you, things were put in you that cannot be just dissolved without aggressive countermeasures. You will take it to your grave and those things that were done and, and demonstrated and the way of life and the way you thought Unless you aggressively take them out, you'll live a lesser life than what Jesus has proposed. Are you with me this morning? So here we see in Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, Wherefore I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. How many of y'all know there's a dispensation of God that's been given to you for others? That you've been given something for others. There's a dispensation in your life. And Paul was saying, according to this, in verse uh, 25, it's been given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, this hidden thing among the Gentiles, which is... Which is, you ought to have this underlined, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's say it together. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now let's turn it to first person. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Never before in all of mankind, not in all the history of man, had such a concept been put forth. They'd had gods, they'd had worship of all sorts of demon entities and deities, but never had there been the concept of God coming into a man and living through a man that had never been put forth. And Christ in me, then he said the hope of glory. The word hope there is the word expectation. Say expectation. expectation. 
So, so when Jesus moved in at the new birth, when you said, Jesus, come into my heart, you didn't just get saved from hell. You didn't just say, well, now I got a new address, heaven. Much, much more than that happened. He moved in with his expectation. And we've been delivered and transformed out of the world system into his marvelous system, the kingdom of light. And even at that, there is lack in our lives. I mean, it's just in us. Uh, it's just in the world, and we're in the world, and there's no getting out of it. Well, now there's an expectation. He said, Christ in you, the expectation of glory. The word glory there just means God. It just means all that God is and all that God has. So now we inside of us have something that's bigger than the dump ground or whatever people do to get by. Well, you just sit there and say, well, what's wrong with it? And get defensive and say, well, you know, it's good enough for daddy and mama. It's good enough for me. Well, you know, it's not good enough for the kingdom because you can't do kingdom business with that kind of thinking. It's not that you thought that way that's wrong. It's that you have that kind of thinking now. It's not that it was an evil thought. It's that now we have evil thinking. It's the way we think, not what we think. It's the way we produce our thoughts. When trouble comes, it's how we think we're going to get out of it that is damaging. God has a way to get out of it. How, do how many of y'all know? He's got a plan. He always causes you to triumph. But when trouble comes, it isn't to run for the hills. It's not to store up canned goods and go into a cave. He's got a plan. He didn't just say, you know, I, I sent my son so you can have the best cave. And I've, I sent my son so you would get more beans on sale. That, 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 you know, you could think that way, and lots of people think that way. They'll tell you, well, God gave you a brain, he expects you to use it. That is, that is thinking out of lack. Keith Moore talks about lack, and he talks about if you squeeze the toothpaste tube and you get it out to the end, you won't ever... He said, you know, you can go and pray, you can go and believe God in the 10 minutes it takes you to work that, that toothpaste tube. Y'all could go believe in a case of it, you know, while you're over there squeezing it out and working it out. But it's time now to go on to glory and have an expectation inside of us that's higher than the good old days. And you and I are trying to live, many of us, out of the good old days, not that we had, but that out of what of our parents or out of some situation. My step-grandfather was an orphan, and he had long stories about being an orphan that, you know, I had no experience with and how... how troubled that is and how marked he was by being an orphan and being rejected and just, you know, from house to house and foster to foster him and his sister. And it affected the way he thought. It's all he could know. You know, unless you know something different, that's all you can know. Well, I'm telling you, we have the word of God and now it's Christ in us, the expectation of glory. We can come up higher. I said, we can bust out of the jailhouse of lack, declare a war on it and say, I went through it, but I'm not going to live there anymore. God's got more for me and I'm going to take hold of it. I'm going to purpose my life to have what he's already set aside for me. But you need to have a mindset that said, there's plenty more where this came from. When you sow your seed, there's plenty more where this came from. You know, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're going to help folks that don't have beans and that don't have toothpaste and don't have anything. And they are at the dump ground looking around trying to find a deal or whatever. I said, you do what you do to get by until you can think right. But you never do glorify that and say, that's okay. What's wrong with that? You never build a fence around it and say, I'm proud of that. That's the way we do, that's the way we do it. But now Jesus has come in and I know something. Hallelujah. I know something in him. 
So Christ in me, the hope of glory. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 2. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Chapter 2 says here in verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ. Without Christ. Put that in your head, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh his, the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you that were afar off, and to them that were nigh, for through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, here it is, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. I tell you, the new birth was a marvelous thing. We have forgotten many times where we were and how far we've come when we got born again, when we received Jesus Christ. We, did, we just thought, well, hey, we just changed tracks and now we're going to heaven instead of hell. It's so much more than that. Thank God we're going to heaven, but now there's a life in front of you. You ought to live that life in Christ Jesus. But here he says in verse 12 that ye were without Christ. At that time ye were without Christ. So I'm going to ask you this morning, is anybody in here still without Christ? Are you without Christ? Well, you'd say, no, I'm in Christ. So we need to, we need to ask ourselves, if I'm in Christ... Are any of these things that are evidence of when I was not in Christ still operating in my life? Am I still not at peace? Am I still a foreigner and a stranger and an alien? Am I still struggling? Am I still trying to get along? Am I still, still trying to beat it out with the world? No, not supposed to be. We're supposed to be living above and living higher than ever were. In Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, let's look at some scripture this morning. Praise the Lord. Look what it says here in verse 34, red letter. Jesus is speaking. He says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. I want you to look in there in the first part of 34. Think not. Now, how many of y'all know that he was talking to people that could have thought that? He's not coming that way. It says, think not, don't think this way. So Jesus was talking about think not. It's not what you're thinking, it's the process or the way that we think that will cause us to keep going down a path that has lack in it. If you want to declare war on lack this morning, you can't just get up and say, well, I'm going to confess this and I'm going to say that. We've got to have a purpose in our heart to say, I'm going to change the way I think. Because if I change the way I think, then I can produce new thoughts. Thoughts about what he's done for me. Thoughts about what I can do and what I can have. If I don't have this new way of thinking, then I can say by his stripes I was healed. I can say he supplies all my needs. But then if I think I got to go squeeze the toothpaste tube, then we will never, we'll never come out of that system. 
So you can see the land of promise, but you've got to think about it before you can go in. See, the, the spies that went in, 10 of the 12 went in. God already said, I think we can take it. And so Moses says, I think we can take it. And so the 12 went in because Moses said, you boys go in and you tell us the best way to take it. And 10 of them come back and said, we don't think we can take it. We think the giants are too big. The walls of the cities are too big. We don't think we can do it. So it was a perspective because two of the guys, Joshua and Caleb, said, there are no problem. They are bread for us. It is a patty cake. So it's just according to what you think, what you can have. God said we can do it, but you have to think along those lines to be able to accommodate that in order to win at the war of lack. It'll be won by what you think and what you think not. you got to be able to think, I've won the battle before you can possess the spoils or the prize of winning the battle. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, you know in James chapter 1, it talks about a man who said, let him ask for wisdom. And then at the end of that discourse, he said, let not that man think that he can have anything from God. It's a double-minded man. Let not that man think he can have anything from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, If any man think that he knoweth anything, <laughs> he knoweth nothing. So right there, about the time you think you know something, God says you don't know anything. Aren't you glad we've come from somewhere? That's it right there. We're not condemning anybody. You had to do what you had to do. You had to raise those babies. You had to get through. You had to make it. But bless the Lord, you can say, but I've been born again. The heathen are living like this. The foreigner, the stranger, them that don't know God are living like this. And I've been bought with a price. I'm not my own. It ought to be different. I got to think different. I got to find out how Jesus thinks, think like him, and then enter in. So he said, if a man thinks he knows something, he said he doesn't know Jack. Another scripture is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You're right there. Just slip over to chapter 14, verse 37. Now, Brother Hagin used to quote this one all the time. He said, if any man thinketh him to be a prophet, himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Listen, God's not going to do anything about your situation. He's already done everything about your situation. Jesus fixed it. Well, God, when are you going to send some money for these bills? I'm a child of God, you know. When are you going to fix this? Well, he's already fixed this. Jesus fixed it. When are you going to do something? He already did something. Jesus did it all. He said it is finished. He said it's done. Well, when's it going to happen? you got to think right. The war of lack has been won, but the troops don't know it yet. You remember in the Civil War where it was a long time after uh, General Lee signed the document before everybody in the South because of communications, before they all knew it. So there were skirmishes that went on. The Japanese in the South Pacific, you know, after Japan had already surrendered, they, they, there was no way some of those folks on those islands knew about it. And so when they went in years later and there was enclaves of, of Japanese there and uh, they attacked the people coming up on the island because they didn't know the war was over. Well, there's lots of Christians that don't know the war on lack's been won. 
So we're in a battle right now because we still think along, we're still battle-hardened about the way it was before we knew about what Jesus did. We're still battle-hardened for lack, and that's the way it was, but that's not the way it is. The battle is in the head. The battle is in the mind. The battle is up here, right? Well, we have a real faithful devil that's trying to enforce that, that's trying to bring uh, every confirmation that it's different for you, that other people may have been, you know, uh, being blessed, but... uh, you know, you got left out. You didn't pray enough. You didn't, you don't know the word enough. And so, you know, you're going to have to suffer a little. And people buy into that. But once you're born again, you're a child of God. I said we're full blood. Well, you know this thing about the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is that? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, then if Christ is in me, he must be my hope now. And I'm supposed to look at life through him in every way. Everything in life now, everything in life now is through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. The the turnaround of that is I can't do much without him. But in him, I'm invincible. I can do it. The hope that's inside of us is not in words. Now, you can get a video, you can get a picture of what he's done from words. You can read in your Bible, it says, by his stripes ye were healed. You can read in your Bible, he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And what you have is you have those words that are down in here. And you can see black ink on white paper down in here. But you have to translate that. You have to, you have to compose that into an image. You have to be able to to see what God supplies all my need, what it looks like to Michael, what it looks like to Lisa, what it looks like to Ray, what it looks like to you, what that means to you. And you have to have that image inside of you. You have to have an image of what it looks like to be not going to the dump ground, not having to just barely get the rent in, not having to not be able to put a whole lunch in your kid's lunch for school, what that means to you. Be able to go to the gas station and put the whole tank in. Wouldn't that be wild-eyed? Wouldn't that be a great day? Wouldn't that be feeling flesh? For some people, that, that would be what it looks like. But for other people, it's, it's different. So you can't just say categorically, stand up here and say, this is what uh, the image looks like, what the video looks like. You may have to start out small. In your way of thinking, you may have to take steps and just say, this is what it looks like for me today. And as you take a step of that video and you attack lack, you have a war on lack and you attack it, you take a step and you say, this is what it looks like for me today. And you play the video inside. I'm believing God. I am setting my faith. I've seen in here the expectation, the hope of glory of, of, of what it looks like to be in Christ concerning my finances. And this is what it looks like to me. If you got babies, you know, you might say, you know, we got diapers. We got, we got them stacked up in the closet. We just got them stacked up. That's what it looks like. Now, see, we could have them stacked up at my house, and that would not impress me. That does not match anything inside here. But for a lot of people, that's like, woo, yeah, we got it. We've hit a gusher. So it's going to have to play out in you. You can't just say, he supplies all my need and say, I got it. You have to translate that, and you have to see you. You have to see the person you in that place. You have to play that out inside of you and say, that's what it looks like. 
And then the expectation, Christ in me, the hope of glory, the expectation of glory, that's what it looks like. Then you take a step towards that. You might put in a half a tank of gas and say, whoo, we're moving. Last week, you know, you know, used to, we used to put $5 in, you know, and it was a quarter of a tank. You put in $5, a quarter tank, and you run around, then you put in $5. Listen, you can't get but fumes for $5 now. It's a dollar just to drive by the pumps and smell gasoline. So that's not going to get it. So we got to change our image, don't we? We can't, we can't say, I have an image of, of $10. I put 40 in that truck the other day and, you know, <laughs> and just said, God, I'm believing you go to the next station. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, what I mean is that we are in times that are going to demand an upgrade in how we think. Not just in survival, not just in getting by, but we're in times of great harvest. Times where the Lord's looking to you to produce fruit in these end days. Where he's saying, I need to move 10 grand over into this mission field or into this building project. I need to move that. Well, you can't be believing God to fill up your gas tank. You can't be at that stage and be the 10 grand guy. So it's not about you. It's not even about me or, or just us individually. It's about him. I've got to get a video inside of me that says, Lord, I see me as a paymaster. I see myself, Lord, of bringing groceries to the church, or I see myself going into a project or an area of an apartment building where they times are hard and single moms and going in there with doing this and having that. you got to have that's what it looks like to me inside of you. That is Christ in me, the expectation of glory. I got to see me out of lack. I got to see me in the glory. I got to see it inside before I can see it in my hand. So that means I'm going to have to get some scriptures. You can't just get it by hoping, just a natural human hope, or you just say, well, I hope it's right. I hope this thing gets better. I hope, you know, gas goes down. You can't get it that way. You got to drive stuff out that's lodged. So you may have lack in your life, and it's legitimate because you ha your folks had to get you to where you are, had to get you raised however they could, but now you're stuck with the baggage. But still, you think that way. We need to be free. I said, the Lord wants you free. He wants you free. You want to drive a 63 Volkswagen? That doesn't bother the Lord, but He wants you free in it. See, you've got to have a revelation of prosperity. It doesn't come with more money. Well, you know, when we get a raise at the job or when, you know, when my stock comes in or when whatever, that's not when prosperity comes. You can have lack in your life and have $10 million in the bank. But you can be flush and have a mindset that's tighter than a banjo string. You can't let go and you can't be free. And on the other hand, you can have just enough to make it every month and be so liberal and so free and so encumbered where money's really not a big deal, where it's just not the issue at all, you're free on the inside. Well, you have to get that by revelation. You have to get that from the Lord. He's got to talk to you about money, about prosperity, about who you are in Christ, and you've got to listen. Money is the lowest form of power in heaven, but it's the highest form of power in the earth. And you got to get it transferred over where you say, that is no power to me. The anointing is power. The grace of God is power. My faith and integrity is power. 
the love of God inside of me, that's power. Money, that just follows ministry. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. It just follows the things that you and I do. Well, we're talking about the war on lack. We're talking about how you think in the war of lack. F.F. Bosworth said this. Listen to this. He said, if you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, you'll be invincible. I'll say it again. If I want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, I have no troubles. So we're talking about how we think. Motive enters into how we think. Smith Wigglesworth, I don't have the quote exactly, but he talks about how people want for others to be healed if people see them doing the healing. So there's a motive thing. And you know people got in trouble with their motives. Well, you know, we just got to sanctify ourselves and just say, Lord, I want what you want for the same reason you want it. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm really impressed with what Moses did. Moses was a great man, but here's what he did to become great. In chapter 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born was hid three months of his parents. Now, the context here there is, is that uh, Pharaoh had demanded that uh, all the babies, the male babies, be killed. So his mother uh, built him an ark, floated him in the Nile, and his older sister, Miriam, would look after him. By faith, Moses, when he was... Com- Excuse me, verse 23. When he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, Moses was found by Pharaoh's daughter and raised in Pharaoh's court. Choosing, verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction, literally to endure persecution with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So Moses here had a revelation. He saw himself in Christ. Now here's the whole deal. We'll wrap it up right here. We just got to think right. We got to think about we're in the world, but we're not of the world. The world is crazy. The world is going bonko because it's the world. It's carnal. It's natural. It's, uh, it's fleshly. What else can it do? But we don't do that. We esteem the riches of Christ, the very purpose for our life and nothing else. Now, we do need wealth. We do need riches. We do need a supply in order to carry out our ministry, but it's not our focus. Say, not me. That's it. So we're after him. We have to have a revelation. So the war on lack, the war on lack, we have to constantly, because we're we're in the world, we have to meditate and, and to soak ourselves in the scriptures that talk about who we are in him. Christ in me, the hope of glory. 
Christ in me, the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, and Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm in him, he's in me. We just have a little further to the end. We can make it without messing up. I said we can serve him for his glory and then have a reward on the other side. Don't get your reward too soon. Don't try to come out of the kingdom of God and live in the world and try to get a reward. Stay seated, stay buckled up. It'll be glorious. Tithing is simply putting God first. Tithing is simply lordship. Whatever you put first becomes Lord. If you put your children first, they are Lord. If you put your husband first, you put your job and career first, whatever you put first is Lord. And so the Lord has us tithe so that we will always put him first and maintain him as Lord. Lack tried to come in and say, serve me. Serve me. You want to eat, don't you? You want to get to work, don't you? But lack tries to come in and says, I'm Lord. So let's say this together. Let's read it together. As I cheerfully tithe and sow my offerings in faith in God's word, I am receiving favor and increase for jobs and better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, incomes and interest, sales, commissions and tips, benefits, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, discounts and dividends, gifts and surprises, suddenlies, money miracles, angelic deliveries, debts forgiven, bills decreased, paid off and disappearing, blessings and increase. Now let's just stand up and just affirm that. Hallelujah. How many of y'all can believe that for the rest of this year for a supernatural flow into your life financially? How many of us could, could believe that angels could come and just show up with the stuff you need and you turn around to thank them and they're just gone? She talked about that the other night. How many of us could believe God that gas in our tank? I mean, it's just like it's just hardly any in there, just enough to get to work. But the next morning, there's still enough to get to work. And the next morning, there's still enough to get to work. And on Friday, there's still enough to get to work. And it doesn't matter that you never did top it off, but there's enough to get to work every day. I mean, that's where we need to go instead of saying, oh my, what are we going to do? This is terrible. It's just, what are we going to do? And just saying, Lord, lack has been defeated. It's under my feet. And Lord, I thank you for the victory. If I don't have money to go to the gas station, we'll just have it in our tank enough to go. Groceries in our house. What difference does it make if it just keeps on being there? Amen. And I like that checks in the mail business. You could believe God and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm going to the mailbox. I thank you, Lord. There's checks in the mail. I've been saying it lately. I know Melissa and Barry used to mail them to the church. They used to put in some money and mail them because I, when we did this before, because you send a check in the mail, you get a check in the mail. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then suddenly, things just coming up and debts disappearing. What Debbie talked about where you just, they call you. You call and say, listen, I'm going to have it there. And they say, well, we're showing your accounts flush. I've been talking to the mortgage company in the bank. I don't mean I've been calling somebody. I've been talking to them from, from my garage and going down the road. And I've been telling them, regions, here's what it looks like on your books. <laughs> well, you're crazy. I sure am. 
<laughs> I'm out of my mind. Hallelujah. I tell you, I've got it in me that this is our time and that we're supposed to possess the land now. This is our time, if not now, when? And if not you, who? Well, it's us now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So just by faith, you just raise your hand and open your mouth. And if you have to have help with that thing, just begin to say, Lord, thank you for the supernatural in my life. Thank you, Lord, for bills paid. Thank you for customers coming. Thank you, Lord, for new business in my place. Lord, thank you, God, for fullness wherever I need it and enough wherever it's necessary. Lord, I thank you that there are miracle money in my life, checks in the mail, supernatural impartations, men given to me all over the place. I have enough. I have seed to sow. I have bread to eat. I have overflow in my life. Lord, thank you for a miracle season. My time in you. Glory to God. I take it and lay hold of it in the name, the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. It's done. Hallelujah. 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 Now, if you'll do that, I said, if you'll get a hold of that every day where you just stir yourself up, you won't get that just being called on the carpet, you know, about, uh, you know, your bills or what you owe. You're going to have to stir it up so you have a ready answer at any time. That answer God when he comes to you and say, what do you want? Amen. Well, you already know. I've got it, Lord. Here it is. And you've topped it off in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a financial anointing. Debbie started this last Sunday night. You ought to get the CD of that thing, and then Wednesday night, if you didn't get that, you ought to get this and begin to stir this up. The Lord had us started at the beginning of the year about getting out of debt and about seeing things in our vision. But, you know, this is the first week of the second half of 2008, the most supernatural year that God's ever been able to put together. And so we ought to just enter in. We ought to think right. Well, let's just wait. There's something here hovering. Let's just wait on him just for a moment. If you got just a moment here with us, hallelujah. Well, we're going to speak to some seed. How many of y'all in here this morning have got some seed in the ground somewhere? You've got a financial seed in the ground somewhere. Well, we're going to speak to that seed. Let me read to you about our seed. And we're going to bless that seed. This I say, we he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity. God loveth the cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace. Now that's where we're going to go. All grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Let's talk to our seed this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now you begin to see your seed that you've planted, any seed you've got, a significant seed that you've planted in the last few days or the last few weeks. The Lord has not forgotten your seed, and we're not going to forget it either. Now seed in the name of Jesus, we remind you of your job and your purpose. And in the name of Jesus, we tell you, seed, you have one purpose, two purposes. That is that you, have, you bring me new seed again to sow, and you bring me new bread again to eat in Jesus' name. Seed, I'm telling you, I'm commissioning you to bring a harvest to abound toward me. And today I declare I have, I have, let's say it together, I have 
all sufficiency in all things, I am abounding to every good work. Now, Lord, right now, I just rejoice. I just, I thank you, Lord God, for my seed producing a quick and a bountiful harvest now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We stir ourselves up about the harvest on this seed. We, Lord God, thank you for the harvest coming in. Though these many ways we've listed, Lord, the harvest coming in. I take the harvest now. I lay hold of the harvest and I say money cometh. I thank you, Lord, harvest cometh in Jesus' name. I take hold of it and I declare it so in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, has anybody in here got a legal issue? Either you're in a legal issue to receive a settlement of some kind, or you're being sued or taken to task legally in some issue where someone's trying to take you to court or whatever. If, if you just step out, and we want to pray for you, just step out and come up here. We want to speak to that and get that settled this morning. we got just a few minutes here. you got a legal issue pending? You're going to get a million or, you, or they're trying to take a million? They're giving it. Well, I like the way you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, you brought this to our, our heart this morning. And Lord, I thank you for the anointing of favor upon Ray and Michelle. In Jesus' name, for a quick an expeditious and unencumbered settlement in Ray's behalf and for his benefit. Lord, our motives are pure. Lord, we want the same thing you want for the same reason you want it. And Lord, we thank you now that we tell this, this, this entity to give it up to give it up, to surrender and give it up. Lord, their strategies and schemes fail them. And Lord, they cannot put together an effective legal uh, thing. And Lord God, we thank you for prevailing for Ray and Michelle in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, let the wisdom of God speak the words of God. And Lord, as he speaks to this situation this afternoon, as he begins to, to declare it, Lord, it'll be established to him exactly as he says, in Jesus' name, amen. We just rejoice for it. We just rejoice for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Got that thing settled. Y'all got a legal thing coming to you or going away from you? Needs a new job. Well, we, Boy, you came to the right place. We are a job church, aren't we? Jobs are easy at Word of Life. Just an iron worker? Hallelujah. But you can do anything. He can do that, but he can do anything. Would y'all stretch out your hands? What y'all's names? Travis and Jesse West. Okay, Travis and Jesse. Now, things are changing this morning. Things are changing this morning. Travis and Chelsea. Chelsea, got that better. Hallelujah. Forget Jesse, Lord. Chelsea and Travis. Things are changing for y'all this morning. I said things are turning around right now. Just because you're here, if you can believe it all with us, and I know you are, Things are changing. Lord, right now we break the power of lack against Travis and Chelsea. We take authority over it with them and for them. And we say no more. They have busted out. Now, Lord, we declare income, increase, turnaround for their lives. We thank you for a new job or jobs. Lord God, better than what they would have asked for and 
more increase than they would have imagined. Lord, you're the God of too much. Lord, I thank you right now for blessing my brother and sister, coming on them in strong fashion and opening doors that no man could have opened. We give you the thanks and the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, now y'all need, since we've prayed, what you do is you go and you have, you have to do this by faith. You go out saying, I have a new job. And they'll say, well, where is it? I have a new job. And that's the end of it. Okay. Okay. Well, are y'all repentant for that? We're sorry we did it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, Father, I thank you for forgiving them and releasing them by your grace and by your favor. And, Lord, I thank you that it will go well with them in their financial affairs. And, Lord God, now your good hand upon them will cause them to rise up, serve you, and enjoy the fruits of what Jesus has done. And we give you thanks, Lord, for the good life you've given to Travis and Chelsea. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, y'all go out of here saying, I got a job and it's better. <laughs>